It's Hebrews 13. If you've got your Bibles, turn, turn there with me. And I'm, we're not going to be long. We've got a business meeting tonight. But you know what? The Word can't get in the way. The business meeting can't get in the way of the Word. And uh, all I've got to do is get a picture of me standing before the Lord. And a lot of the other things doesn't seem to have the weightiness not, not that our business meeting and budget and building committees is not great and awesome and important. But our heart, our heart's important. Amen. Amen. It's, it's our heart. It's not sacrifice that he's looking for. He's looking for your heart. Hebrews 13. And here in Hebrews 13, we see that the writer talks about uh, service that is pleasing to God. And this writer here helps us to understand as believers that what we do really does move the heart of God. Our worship, our actions, our heart moves God. You know, when Jesus healed, he was moved He moved with compassion. He moved by faith. But we're going to see as I begin to read, we're going to start with verse 8, that our praise is pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Now, it's on your little sheet, but I'd also encourage you, have your Bible. Jesus Christ... Do I have the wrong thing? I've got verse 10. It starts at verse 10. I'm going to start in verse 8. And uh, this is the contemporary English version, if you're not familiar with this. Jesus Christ never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be fooled by any kind of strange teachings. It's better to receive strength from God's undeserved kindness than to depend on certain foods. After all, these foods don't really help the people who eat them. Verse 10. This hopefully is where you start on your sheet. But we have an altar where even the priest who serves in the place of worship have no right to eat. After the high priest offers the blood of animals as a sin offering, the bodies of those animals are burned outside the camp. Verse 12. Jesus himself suffered outside the city gate so that his blood would make people holy. That's why we should go outside the camp to Jesus and share in his disgrace. Verse 14, on the earth we don't have cities that last forever, but we are waiting for such a city. Verse 15, our sacrifice is to keep offering praise to God in the name of Jesus, but don't forget to help others and share your, your possessions with them. This too is like, an offer, is like offering a sacrifice that pleases God. Now, I don't know if you've ever realized this, but I hopefully I can shine a little bit of light to realize that our view of God determines our approach to Him. Uh, Tammy kind of touched on that tonight about where we're willing to go with the Lord according to scriptures, what we're going to get. And our approach to God. Our view of God sometimes 
helps our approach to God, sometimes it hurts it. Uh, many people who have grown up with, a, with an abusive dad has sometimes a blocked view or an incorrect view of Father God, and they will not approach that father thinking that he is like your earthly father. Can you see that? I'm, I'm going to get a little bit silly with you and, and read to you some, some descriptions from some children. These are letters to God that some young kids wrote. It says, Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I could never do it. <laughs> One of them says, Dear God, are you really invisible, or is this just a trick? One said, Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good going on right now. Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel will not kill, would, would not kill each other so much if they had their own rooms. It works for my brother. Dear God, I'd like to know why all the things you said are in red. Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the ones you've got now? Dear God, who draws the lines around the countries? Dear God, I read the Bible. What does begat mean? No one will tell me. <laughs> you know, how we approach God is how we see Him. One way to know is your vision of God off, according to Scripture, is how do you approach Him? You know, it's interesting that the Hebrew writer, when he starts talking about praise, he approaches this whole issue of praise talking about sacrifice. And do you remember the song, uh, We Bring a Sacrifice of Praise? We bring a sacrifice of praise. And, uh, it's a 70s, 80s uh, Hosanna integrity song. The guys that wrote it was Kirk Dearman, who we actually had here in this church. When uh, uh, Box, Millard Box came and we had all the articles, someone had, had uh, uh, constructed all the articles of the tabernacle and brought them all here. It was an amazing week. We, we spent a week, Monday through Friday, uh, and Millard Box, a, a man with the Pastor Matt knew well that taught on the tabernacle and taught on each uh, piece of furniture in the tabernacle. Well, anyway, Kirk Dearman, we bring a sacrifice of praise. And when the, this Hebrew writer compares praise and worship, he compared it to a sacrifice. And my intention was tonight for us to go into the Old Testament a little bit deeper. We'll do that. Uh, oh, oh, shoot. We won't have service next Wednesday night. Joe McGee, marriage conference, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. Let me tell you, it's going to be awesome. Sunday night, 6.30. Monday night, Tuesday night, 6.30. No service Wednesday night, okay? So in two weeks, we're going to go pretty deep uh, into the Old Testament about the understanding, to give, get some understanding about the priest and sacrifices and sin offerings. And as the Hebrew writer starts to talk to us and shows us that when we give a sacrifice of praise, it fills the role of the priest in the Old Testament. When we bring a sacrifice of praise to the Lord, that it fulfills what was happening here in the Old Testament. 
And I'm, I'm going to give you four things, and I'll end with this. This is going to be your, uh, I've got five. Isn't that funny? Well, we can, you can fill in the fifth one. I got four. Man, I worked so hard. I am so, I, I, I'm overly organized. I was telling Judy Saka tonight just about how my organization just gets me. And sometimes I can't hardly function because I, I, I keep myself in this box. And sure enough, I put all that time into it. And I, it's like Randy Dalton. Where are you? Wave at me, Randy. Do you remember when I put up the baseball diamond and I put it up backwards? I know you remember it because you pointed it out to me. But that's how sometimes we just, I was having, I was married, I was counseling a couple. Huh? Shoot me now. I was counseling a couple that I've known for years and years, and I just told them, I said, look, it's just inevitable that eventually I will forget your name. She was asking me about the vows, and I said, Honey, it'll be written right out for me. I, I, can, I, I will blank out like you have no idea. And I could be in a wedding and forget your name. Uh, it's funny. It's funny how our minds work. Okay, we're going to do four things. We might come up with a fifth by the time we're done. Okay, four things that when the priest brought a sacrifice to God, what happened that, that we can relate right to praise? Uh, what we're trying to do, Hebrews chapter 13, is trying to make a connection between the Old Testament system and the New Testament. The Old Testament is not... There is value in the Old Testament. The Old Testament leads us to Christ. The New Testament leads us back to the Father. The Old Testament is all about the separation between man and God and how God wanted that to work and how it didn't work and a system had to be put in place because we did not have a, a, a Savior. We had to have bulls and goats to die. Blood had to be shed. But the whole time through the Old Testament was a direction back to Jesus. And then the New Testament shows us that that connection was back to the Father. You know, Jesus came to bring glory to the Father. Jesus came to show us the Father and to restore that relationship. So for those of you that have sat under teaching that the Old Testament is to be, is to be done away with, I'm going to tell you that's wrong. That's wrong. All of Scripture is of value. All of Scripture is inspired by God. But Hebrews chapter 13, we're trying to get a picture. Praise is a sacrifice because of four things that we do. Number one, I'm going to go quickly. Number one, we engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. I felt that tonight. Not that there was some big oppressive spirit, but that there was war going on. Can you feel that? When we really begin to intensely worship, I can feel war. I can feel a, a struggle in my spirit trying to war through something. Sometimes I know what it is, sometimes I don't. I could feel a war of our nation pressing the snooze button. Spiritually. 200 years, and now we want to press the snooze button. We don't want to wake up, we want to sleep. And we want it done for us. We want to go back to Moses, you go up the mountain for us. You go do that for me. And while you're up there, I'll go stupid. And we'll throw our gold in an in a oven and a, and a calf will pop out. And we'll worship that. 
That's what our nation's doing. And we think we're, we think we're right. I'm not trying to be ugly to anybody. I've bought into the system too. We all, we, we were, we've gotten off. We engage the enemy in spiritual warfare, and it's a fact. Praise is a sacrifice because by it we engage the enemy. When the high priest went into the Holy of Holies for the children of Israel, he was coming in for the atonement of sin. He was coming in with the sin of the nation. He was coming in with this, the whole sin of the congregation. But as we, when praise is a sacrifice, because as we do it, we enter into the very throne room of God. When the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, he literally came into the very presence of God himself. When we praise God, the Hebrew writer would be saying, when we give a sacrifice of praise, we are literally walking into the presence of God. It says in Scripture that when we praise Him, He inhabits. He inhabits us. When we praise Him, we come into His presence. It says that He is enthroned in the praises of His people. Can you imagine when we as a congregation begin to... I want to give you a picture. This is not thus saith the Lord, but this is the picture I have. When the bailiff says, all rise... And the judge walks in and sits down. The moment our hearts turn to the Lord in worship, the door opens and he comes and sits on the throne. In our midst. Amongst us. Now Jesus, Jesus is not in the earth. He is at the right hand of the Father. But God is everywhere. And when we worship him, he literally comes. We have got to get out of this mindset of just singing a few songs for the sake. It's just the it's pleasantries before the word comes. It's not. It is coming into the presence of God. And let me tell you, some, some fear ought to come on us. I don't mean inappropriate fear. I don't mean the fear like you get from watching a scary movie. If you're having scary dreams, quit watching scary movies. Quit feeding yourself of scary things and feed yourself with the Word of God. You'll get fear. The right kind of fear. The fear that will, will, that will cause you to fight off sin. That's the proper fear that drives you to righteousness. That drives you to a desire to please. That drives you to come under the authority that's, that's been placed on you. Do you know your blessing is under authority? It's not over it? The blessing's under authority. We enter into the very throne room of God. I've got to stop. I'll just stop right there. I can't. I'll go fast on my business meeting. That's what I'll do. Somebody needs free more than they need to see a budget. And I'm not trying to snow, snowball you on the budget. We 
confess, when, we, when praise is a sacrifice, we confess the truth in a world of lies. The high priest would come into the Holy of Holies to come before God to confess the sin of a degenerate society. And that's where the truth was shared. That's where the honesty and repentance was brought forth. And when we bring praise to God, that's exactly what happens to us. As I shared with you a couple weeks ago, you remember when Isaiah saw God on the throne? His first response was, woe is me. I'm not worthy. It identified in his life, he's not the holy one. This is the prophet. This is the man that speaks on behalf of God. And revelation came to him to say, wow, you're God, I'm not. I'm undone, I'm unclean, and I live among a people with unclean lips. And Isaiah realized his sinfulness when he came into the holiness and the presence of God. And then finally, the fourth one, and here I'll close with this one. When we come with praise as our sacrifice to God, we connect with all of heaven's resources. When the priest came into the Holy of Holies, everything that was available to God, from God, was given to the priest. And when we come and make a sacrifice of praise, there is a spiritual connection where all the resources of God become ours. How can you say that? Because we are co-heirs with Christ. We have been given the blessing that Christ deserved. We have been given the inheritance that Christ deserves. The sacrifice of praise. Miss Sarah Roberts, I know it's hard to get up in front of these adults, but bless you. Bless you. And I didn't come up here to make you uncomfortable. I came up here because I wanted to hear, and I couldn't hear. And I want us to wake up. And I point that at me. All I can affect is me. We no longer have to have a priest anymore. It says that we are all priests. That access to the, to the Holy of Holies has been given to you. It's been given to me. Someone does not have to go in for me anymore. They can't go in for me. That access has been given to me. And when we come in here to praise the Lord, do you want to know why I get to cry? And do you know why Tammy gets moving in her spirit? Do you know why John starts getting a word? Because the presence of the Lord comes. And as she was singing, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, shout out. It, it rises up in you and you can't hold it in. We had one night, Tommy, you couldn't hold it in. CB, last Sunday, right, where'd you go? You couldn't hold it in. And you know what? I identified it. I could see it. There was fruit of the presence of the Lord being upon you. And by all means, Sarah, let it out. Probably making you even more uncomfortable. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to encourage you. Man can't live on bread alone, but by the very word of God. All right, I want to encourage you. Hang in there with me through worship. We're going to be st studying worship pretty in depth. Uh, but I'm going to bless you. We're going to, we're going to dismiss. And everyone is welcome to the meeting. The only ones that can vote will be 18 years of old and a member. 
But I encourage everyone to stay. See, what we're, see what's going on here. Amen.